In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. So I'm, I'm actually the president of the company now. Um, I was originally, um, I started doing shows in Santa Cruz, California under a different uh, name. And then my company actually merged with Pinup um, where I was, you know, we use the title co-founder. I hate all like the professional business terms, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was myself and then Andrew who founded Pinup. Um, you know, we were just doing everything together and then couple years back he bid adieu to the music world and i took over and then it's been me and a different different couple different pairings of teams um ever since then basically that's awesome yeah i geez i can't tell you what year it was but you know i back in the day like before way before my touring days i mean high school sometime i don't know when what year it was but yeah i mean i i would go to i believe it's the was it the refuge yeah, we had the refuge yep. and yep. San Jose Skate, and oh, maybe yeah, that okay. maybe that really odd spot, the venue, like that was behind Los Gatos High. I don't yeah, know if everyone went there. I've been there once, but I think the main place that I would go to would be the refuge, mainly because it was very close to my house. I mean, just down Homestead and Wolf, I think, by that Ranch mm-hmm. Ninety Nine. Yep. yep. Yeah. Correct. And in, in the in the like same parking lot, kind of of the Ranch Ninety Nine, like they. They shared a driveway pretty much. Yeah. Like you can walk literally just through like this little side, like this, I don't know. It was like a little driveway side thing. Yeah. And you were there. Yeah. So I definitely remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did stuff there. Oh man. Sorry. I got a fire truck going by. Oh, you're good. I I might as well say a disclaimer as well. I mean, we're having our housework done right now. And I mean, my office slash studio room is right by the front and they're working right there. So if anyone hears anything, I apologize, but should be okay. I don't know yeah. where they're at, what they're doing, but I didn't even hear the fire truck. So, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, it was very freaking loud, and I even have the windows shut. So, hopefully, my mic didn't pick it up. Ah, yeah, I, have no, a, good. I have a really loud, uh, adorable puppy as well. So, she might, you might hear a bark or two in the uh-huh. background during the show. What kind of, what kind of puppy? She is a corgi mix. Ooh. Yeah. We think she's a mix with either a Dotson um uh basenji or a jack russell or some sort of mix of those those four all together damn well it sounds like a cute a cute pup what's the he she 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 her name's bowie bowie Ooh. 
That's a good name. She has, she has a really interesting split face. Like, you know how some dogs have like a little bit of white around like their eye or like, like mm. there's mm-hmm. like her, literally her face is like half brown, half white, like right down the middle. Ooh, that's so cool. that's why we, yeah, we named her Bowie kind of like to resemble the lightning bolt he used to paint on his face, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask, does it have any uh, relation to, well, David? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it does. that's awesome. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I personally think dog barks are always, well, okay. To an extent. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, if it's a cute little like, in the background, like that's always cute, you know, but like, oh yeah, there was, I forget there was one, I don't know when it was, it was somewhat recently I had a podcast and, uh, we did it in our backyard just cause I was like, whatever, you know, like I want to have some fun. I want to have some drinks and just be outside and like, you know, get the, the sounds of being outside, you know, luckily, you know, we got some birds chirping and it was all nice, but there was this one dog across like the backyards where it was just the barking that you really want to stop like hey ah uh, yes stop but yeah anyways welcome to it for sure but um yeah yeah pinup i just that's crazy because when i was thinking about doing this i was like not sure what you know to talk about obviously like the obvious of you know both group kind of in the same town doing basically you know in the music world and i immediately remembered you know going to the refuge and you know just being kind of in that scene. I, I mean, I even remember at one point, what was it? Spotty. Yeah. Spotty. You know, I was kind of buds with him and I would get these cards and like, I had to ch- and hand them out to promote shows and, you know, just trying to get in the scene a little bit just for fun. I don't know what my goal was. Cause I, I don't think at that point I was like crazy into photography, but <laughs> it just brought a yeah. whole past, you know, like things that you don't really remember out remember about but then like it just takes well you and me going on a podcast but like oh they yeah. kind of unlocked the key of like remembering some of these things i was like oh shit well one of the things i loved about the culture back then is like everybody loved the music scene like you know i know battle of the bands get like a really bad rap usually which most of the time they should you know <laughs> um but andrew did one um kind of like that he always took care of that i was never really involved in that it kind of but um, he did one, but it was really cool because it was like the format was six bands a show. You and you always got to vote for two bands. That way, there was no like buying buying of votes. Like you had to vote for two bands on the card for your vote to count. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. Yeah, it was a really interesting way to do it. So we would have like two metal bands, two pop bands, and two like punk bands or something like that. And so the next thing you know, you have like all the metal dudes like they befriended one of like the you know the more like emo or like you know alt rock bands and they're supporting each other at each other's shows even though they don't care for the music like the scene was so united and it was like there was so many different bands everybody got along everybody supported the type of music each other played it it was just like there was just such a movement right after the explosion of myspace in in our in the south bay you know (laughs) that was just, that was just wonderful, you know? So uh, that's, I mean, that's probably why you were passing out flyers and helping here and there, because it was just like, it was just such an awesome thing to be a part of. Like, you know, I feel so blessed that that was, that's been my life since high school. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, that one, I think one memory that stands out the most is, and like I, I said before, I couldn't tell you what year it was, um, how, how old I was. I just know high school. I remember Alan Ashby and I, a nice men now guitarist. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, if you don't, and you're listening to this, whatever, that's your problem. Uh, <laughs> him and I 
he had a video camera for some reason. I didn't, which is also a weird flip, of, you know, of the coin. But and that is that is weird. Yeah. So we came from Alan's apartment and we went to the refuge and Alan had a camera. I was just with him to hang out and him and I went to go see Jamie's Elsewhere. Oh, yes. I remember that show. And that's, well, the band that Aaron Polly used to be in, which, mm-hmm. well... Of Mice and Men, they're both in Of Mice and Men. So it's kind of crazy how like him and I, I mean, I don't even, we didn't know who he was. We, I don't even think we said hi or we literally were just there. I'm not sure if they met or if we met. I couldn't really tell you, but I can definitely just, I don't know, that venue being there, I'm envisioning it now. It's kind of, kind of weird, especially going to that like side room where like everyone stored their gear. It was like the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. We always called it. Oh yeah, yeah. Put your stuff in the green room, and the people would walk in and be like, "Oh, you mean the kitchen? Oh yeah, 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 that room." <laughs> I heard that that place is no longer a venue, though. Like as a, well, okay, this is like maybe a couple of years ago, or if not longer. But is that? Do you know if that's true? Yeah. So um, basically, the guy that ran that place, his name is Mark Teagle. If for some reason he listens to this, shout out to that wonderful man. <laughs> um, he loved. He just loved that by letting us do that of all different musical genres. He, he, the church was providing a place for the youth to go. And on top of that, the church was making money to help stay open and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, So yeah, it just, it just got to the point where like the other members of the community, like anytime there was like a metal show or stuff like that, or like, as everyone started to get older, like it was really hard to avoid like, people drinking in their cars down the street Mm -hmm. from the venue, stuff like that. And it was just kind of like a collection of like the neighborhood got mad. Yeah. I'm totally guilty of the drinking part for sure, but I threw away my shit. See, there you go. That's the important thing. So many people didn't pack it in. People people would park in that cul-de-sac across the street, you know, they'd be drinking in their cars and then they would just leave forties all over the place. (sighs) And it's like, we would do our best to go clean up after the show. But you know, when I've, when I've been in an event for nine hours, the last thing I want to do is go try to clean up after, other people in, in the pitch black and then in and, and then you know so it's like we we always tried we always did our best with the teams and all the volunteers that work for us but it, it just kind of was one of those things that ended up like we knew it was on the way out mark mark allowed us to operate longer than the the, the church body wanted us mm-hmm. to you know um and it was the last place we had like after makla and the cave shut down san jose skate shut down i oh dude i'm not gonna i mean i never went there like a ton Mm-hmm. But, you know, a good amount of times to where, like, I mean, for example, I remember seeing 303 there. I have photos of it somewhere. I mean, the Somerset, like all these crazy bands that, like, have either blown up and called it quits or just are still doing it. Like, I heard the Somerset is now back again. Like, she, the drummer, she's in a movie. And going back and thinking about that, I'm like, oh, wow. When I heard that that closed down, I was like, damn, dude, are you kidding me? Like. Why? Yeah, we we had like the refuge and skate had a lot of history with like I mean, the, the, the I think it was the second biggest show we ever threw at San Jose Skate on Valentine's Day. Oh shit! I think it was two thousand eight. We had uh, Bayside play at San Jose Skate. You know what I oh, mean? Cool. Like that was when they really first blew up, but they were still playing like you know five hundred cap rooms, not mm-hmm. really playing like. The, the the big clubs you know yeah so it was like and it was like them it was like bayside uh what was that event straight light run or am i saying it right oh 
that sounds familiar. You could be right. Yeah. Like Straight Light Run, Four Years Strong, and then uh, there was like one other band. You know, we booked the are main. Thinking, wait, are you thinking Straight From The Path? No, no. They okay, were like... Just, uh, the band you said after that made it kind of sound like that's kind of the, the realm you're thinking. But yeah. No, I, no. Four Years Strong was definitely the, the heaviest band on the bill. Oh, um, okay. Which, which you know, but it was all other like, you know, like pop punk e. Yeah, okay. You know, but like we did a lot and like our scene, the, the cave and some of the other uh, rooms that us and other the other promoters operated in, in in the in the in the early years you know we booked a lot of like the myspace metal bands before they blew up you know mm. what i mean um there's a lot of history in the south bay area especially there at the refuge band and it's just like uh it's just uh, i'm sad it's gone but you know just like careers and everything every dog has its day so to speak yeah. you know like it, it, it shutting down really hurt the scene but it really helped us push our boundaries into you know, that was really the, the push that we needed to, like, not just be the guys that did shows in San Jose and Oakland. Yeah. Or, sorry, San Jose and Santa Cruz. Because after that, we expanded to Oakland. From Oakland, we did, like, more stuff in the East Bay and then into the peninsula. And, then, you know, now we do still – we do shows basically everywhere in California except for Sacramento and San Diego, basically. Mm, now. Okay. You know? So, um, well, and San Luis Obispo, but the, the music community, as I'm sure you know, it's very – there's not a lot of options down there. You yeah. know, it's just very mainstream type stuff that happens. Uh, but um, just real quick, I want to, it was just a random thought as we're talking about it. Another band that I actually still listen to like recently, cause I, you know, you forget about them and then you're like, you remember a band and then it kind of creeps back into your normal rotation. But uh, yeah, cause I remember shooting them as a you know photographer at the refuge. And like this point they were, I mean, I don't know as like when you say big, I don't know the grand scheme of it or like the scope of how big they were, but they were big, but well, big enough that you can be for the refuge, but uh, my American heart. Oh yes. Yes. I remember that. that, that Yes, dude. That was a, that was one of those bands from back in those days that I wish, you know, kind of, I don't want to say stuck around longer. You know what I mean? There's just so many good bands from that era that there was so much competition that there was just, bands that didn't stick or didn't make it and it's, it bums me out that that would be one of them yeah but you know what it's weird though every time like every person that i feel like i'm gonna show them a new band and it's like hey uh i'm gonna show you this new band or not new band but like gotta show you this band or when i'm playing like throwback music i'll put on my american heart and they are they already know what it is i'm like what the fuck really huh. oh yeah hmm. i mean Good it's happened know. like a, to know. a handful of times for oh. sure. Well, that's, yeah. that makes me happy to hear, to be perfectly honest, because we worked with them quite a bit back back in the day from what I remember. And then uh, Dustin, the bass player, he's in Dan and Shay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still is, but like I remember when I saw like their promo photo or like, you know, actually, I think they were playing Ellen, the Ellen DeGeneres show. And holy shit. And I, fe- I it must have been that it was some show like show where they're playing and I saw him and I was like, Damn, dude. I remember taking photos of you. I'm, I'm sure I have them somewhere, but I remember taking photos of you guys, especially you because you just like rocked out like crazy. But I'm like, fuck, that's insane. Yeah, that's yeah, dude, that's wild. That makes that like I said, that makes me happy to hear, man, that like people, people, so many people remember that that bands from that that era. Well, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude. 
that, that crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, uh, man, I'm glad you remember the refuge. I feel like that's the era I get asked about the least, really? you know, like everybody wants to talk about, cause I started in Santa Cruz. So everybody always wants to talk about like the 418 project. And, you know, now we have the vets hall back, which is where most of us that listen to like the heavier bands and the hardcore bands, that's where we all grew up seeing shows. Okay. And it's back after 12 years. You know oh, what wow. I mean? So it's like, you know, not a lot of people bring up the refuge, but that was like, I mean, that was, that was truly our, the South Bay's home for many, many, many years for, for live music of all genres. Yeah. Damn. And then one more band that I, I keep, I just keep bringing them up. But back when I was going to the refuge, I remember one of my favorite bands that I would, I mean, I just, they're fucking sick to me. I think I saw them there and maybe like San Jose Escape, but I hope I say the name right. I think it was uh, Pilot's Wife. I oh think. yeah, the Pilot's Wife. Yeah. 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 I don't know. For some reason there was like a couple banger songs that was just nonstop playing, but I definitely remember them. Hmm. There are some other, you know, there's just all those other, you know, local scene bands of your friends, you know, that just create a band together and they already have like five other bands, but they write some like crazy heavy shit and you love them. And then when they fall off and you move on with your life, you completely forget about them. So I'm sure there's yeah. a ton of those. Oh God. I, that list <laughs> would be way too long for me. My oh friends. yeah, for sure. Way too long, but yeah. Yeah, dude. So oh, man. with you being, you know, the head honcho of pinup, like what, what's kind of your role now with that? So now, um, well, like I said, we do, we do shows all over the state now. Um, I kind of, for lack of a, a better analogy, like I'm the captain that drives the ship, but mm-hmm. by no means am I the only one that makes it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. We have, we have another, a Northern California team, a Southern California team. And then we also work in conjunction with another uh, production company from Fresno called Arcphonic. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we have got those three teams. Pinup is technically a partnership uh, four way between myself, Casey Gerlach, who most local people would know is the guy who runs the X bar, um, Eric Jones and Dave Forrester and D- Dave and his team head up, you know, they run all of our Southern California stuff. Okay. Um, I generally kind of head up all of our Santa Cruz um area stuff because that's always like that's where i got my start like i mean there's still so many bands that just know me as joel from santa cruz you know (laughs) they don't know who joel cupcake is they don't even know what my last (laughs) name is they just know me as like oh yeah big joel from santa cruz yeah 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 we played for him you know what i mean (laughs) so it's like uh that's kind of how it is now um you know i i still make a lot of the final say and stuff um but we have such a big team underneath us. We have a lot of people who volunteer their time. We have a lot of people who come because they want to learn about the business or they want to learn how to book a show or they just want to be involved in music. Like kind of how you said you, you wanted to be when you were young, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, I oversee that the whole, the wheel keeps on turning, so to speak, Um, you know, and I try to be very good with like uh, our branding and making sure it looks the same across the board. And um, I'm kind of, for lack of a better word to say this, I'm kind of like the babysitter, you know, I've, I've led a long life with lots of crazy things that have happened to me. So, you know, I make sure we see both sides of the, of the board, you know, if somebody has an issue with pinup, instead of it just being like, oh, this person's blackballed or whatever the hell I, I try to go like, yo, come have a beer with me. Like, let's sit down. Like, yeah, let's how, figure how, this out. We're, yeah. We're like how can, adults. how do you, how do you feel like pinup can service the scene or you? 
or whatever genre of music you play better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I do a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I go to NAM every year. I fly out to a lot of the other festivals. I try to stay in touch with like promoters, like, like nationwide, like, all, like a lot of the other independent promoters. Yeah. There's not that many, there's not that many of us left. A lot of, a lot of us have all, all work for live nation now, but, um, the independent promoters that still are left, I try to communicate with as many of them as possible. Um, you know, and then I do, I, I speak with a lot of the booking agents. I do a lot of that. We're trying to do a lot of stuff right now where we're buying like multiple shows. Uh, you know, you, you know, from being a photographer, a lot of times a tour will come through, they'll play Sacramento or San Francisco, they'll play LA and then they'll leave, Yeah. you know? So I'm trying to, you know, back in the MySpace day, that didn't happen. If I, I'm sure you, you, remember and most people that listen to your show hopefully do and and i call them the myspace days uh, mm-hmm. or the gold or the golden years because <laughs> that was just when music was at its peak I, I truly feel in an underground sense you know oh yeah i mean if you made it on someone's my myspace like playlist you were big shit yeah yeah exactly so you know you could you, you saw bands frequently coming to california playing five shows it, it was a normal thing you know now it's like everything's a pain in the ass because you go from portland to NorCal to SoCal and then you leave first off I don't see how that's financially profitable for anybody oh Uh, yeah you know second off it's it's also just a pain in the butt with that much driving like I'm trying to convince you know I've actually been on the calls with a couple different agents this week trying to convince them like yo if you want to bring your bands out here like let's do a Petaluma show and a Santa Cruz show and a Fresno show like yeah you might make a little bit more money in Sacramento or or in the city because it's a bigger market you know, Mm -hmm. but why not do that? Or why not come do Berkeley and Fresno or why not come do, you know, depending on the genre of music, you can even do Berkeley and Santa Cruz and have two, two sold out shows. Oh, for sure. You know, two hours apart, but so, so many people, you know, aren't used to that or aren't used to how things used to be. And they're used to how things are now. So it doesn't happen. So that, that's something I've actively, oh God. So I don't know why that word wouldn't come out of my mouth. (laughs) That's something I've actively been working on now is like, how can we, you know, California is always going to be on the map as far as the music of industry course. and tour routings go, but how can we make it better? You know, cause there's so many people that like, you know, work the nine to fives and live in a place like Fresno. And it's like, oh man, like, I, like, like I would be bummed if I had to drive two to three hours for every single show I wanted to see, you know? Oh, 100%. So yeah. I've loved, you know, our partnership out there with, with Amrick um, over at Arcphonic and his team. You know, we work with Ernest up in Petaluma and Santa Rosa, like the the North Bay, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even up there, too, like they have a great scene. The Phoenix Theater is one of the legendary venues, one of the last ones left in California. I mean, shit, AFI wrote a song about that venue. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, most people don't realize that, you know, Morningstar um, is actually that song is literally written about the Phoenix Theater. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So like the whole line about like, am I the star up on the stage? Am I the ghost under the stairs? Like it it all Mm. is a reference to the magic of that room. And, you know, I'm sure if you look it up, I know Davey's gone on record and explained it somewhere, but like, check that out. And that's also why uh, there's a song called days of the Phoenix. You know what I mean? Because he's literally talking about his (laughs) youth growing up to shows at the Phoenix theater. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So, um, 
you know, if the if the place is legendary enough that AFI wrote about it, it's good enough for me to, to book a show in. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's definitely weird with my, you know, 10, maybe call it 11 years of touring. There's been some tours or stretches on the tour where I don't understand the routing at all. I mean, what you were saying is, you know, going to NorCal and all the way to SoCal, you know, like you missed some markets in between. But like, I remember we would drive all the way from, I don't know, Seattle to Southern California and then back up and then across and then back. Like, oh my gosh, you you could just, I know I'm sure there's, you know, rhyme or reason to it, you know, availability and whatnot, but also it's like, oh my God, I was just in Northern California and then I'm going to Southern California tomorrow and then we go to Texas and then back, like, God, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's definitely weird. Well, right now, especially post-COVID, that type of stuff is happening a lot because so many people are trying to tour that availability is so wonky. You know what I mean? Um, the other thing that sucks is, like, I've noticed there's been a shift in the industry a lot in the last five years where a lot of it is, like, the bands are hands-off and they just let the teams deal with everything. But if the, you know, if the bands, you know, are the ones going, like, hey, why are we only playing two California shows? We'd rather play four that you know that that in and of itself can can shift the way a lot of things work oh you know? yeah definitely and then i mean it also comes down to like you know are the promoters offering enough money is their history you know because like i mean there's some bands that have been doing this long enough they're not going to come play santa cruz regardless um you know because it's too far out of the way but then maybe if i hit them up to do it they'll be like oh well okay we played for you when we you know when we were a developing band well, yeah we'll come back and do a show for you you know i've gotten lucky yeah with some stuff like that in the past and i mean you know how it is as, as someone who tours like you have history with people you know that applies in every aspect of life or every business so it works in the music business too you know on the, on the the that nasty i hate talking about the nasty business side because it's not why I do what I do. Yeah. I, I true. I, I mean, I, you know, you love photography, you love music. I love putting on concerts and putting like bringing stuff to, to art, to my scene and to see all the other scenes in California where I can, I know I'm like, you know, providing people joy. Well, yeah. I mean, concerts, whether, you know, you're 14 going to your first one or, you know, 29 going on 30, like going to your, you know, thousandth concert, like you're bringing people joy. Like, yeah, it could be the best night of their life and they'll remember it forever or it won't be, or it's just one other night where they, you know, get pissed drunk with their friends and they have a night that they won't remember. I mean, either way, you know, you're, you're putting on something that people will find joy from. And mm -hmm. it's, I think it is always crazy how like there's so much that goes into a tour let alone, let alone just the show, you know, like, Oh yeah. There's the locals that come, I mean, I, you know, depending on the size of the band you are, you're going to have your crew. Like for example, when I was on tour, I mean, a bus, a full size bus, you know, fit, fits 12 people, you know, you think a band of four or five members, you know, and then you got your crew. I mean, photographer, you know, your drum techs, guitar techs, and then you have everyone like there's so much that goes on. And then, you know, you usually have locals that show up to you know, patch stuff and roll cases, you know, sound guy. Like I do feel like, you know, now it's starting to come to light, like with COVID and people literally being out of a career that, you know, people are kind of realizing like, Oh shit. Like there's so much more behind the scenes that goes into a one show 
let alone yeah. a whole tour. You know, what like yourself, the, you mm-hmm. know, the person who is running yeah. things behind, behind, behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, and I think you're right. I think all of that's being realized more. I'm very sad that it's what COVID took. It literally took everybody in the industry being like, yo, we're all screwed. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, Under Oath did that, did those two like nights at the of Constellation or the Observatory, or I forget what it was titled, you know, but they did like yeah. a double live stream and they gave 30 or 40% of their profits to out of work crew members. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't go do that just to like save face or, you know, just because it's because these people legitimately like, you know, don't work. Like I didn't, I didn't make money for, you know, or not even make money. It's not about the money. Like I didn't have a, a way of doing what I love to do for 16 months. Yeah. Almost. But I mean, you're you know also I mean? a grown man who, you know, has, you know, a relationship and a dog and, you know, mm-hmm. bills. I'm sure like, yes. yeah, I know. Yeah, of course. Like we do things we're passionate about because we love it, you know, Obviously, I said passion about it, you know, yeah. but if it's our career and then you all of a sudden have no income, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, shit. I mean, so, yeah, of course, it's not about the money, but also it's like, well, I also need to eat and I don't want to <laughs> lose my place. And yeah. what? Well, everything. and you know, you know how it is like, you know, you get to do what you love for a living, just like I do. But but, you know, I feel weird when it comes to like, well, you know, yeah, yes, I make money doing what I do, mm-hmm. but I also love what I do. But yeah, of course I pay my bills that way. So it's like, but I feel like, you know, the industry, so many people have, have jammed down people's throats and like, you know, look at us. We lost Slims here in the Bay Area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We lost the boardwalk in Sacramento. Like we lost, you know, the 418 finally shut down, even though no one's really done shows there in years, you know? Like we lost a lot of venues here in our backyard, but the East coast, especially, man, I mean like COVID they're like, we, there's like half the rooms that, you know, mid-sized bands can play in that there was before COVID because the grants didn't come through or they didn't come through in time. And it just like really just, just destroyed so many people's livelihoods. It's such a bummer. So with, it's kind of a weird thing. Cause I guess it depends on where you live, but of course I have, I mean, I'd say a vast majority of my friends, and this is not a sweet brag. This is just how it is. It's like actually it sucks because all my all my friends live so far away from me. So like friends that live close, it's like none. But all of my friends, you know, I see them starting to post maybe about tours or that they started tours already. And I think actually today I saw I I forget who it was, but they're like, "Hey everyone, like sorry, like we have to cancel tonight's show because." a member from one of the other bands tested positive for COVID. So like, it was weird. There was like this point in time last, maybe a few months where like tours were picking up and starting or about to start. And there was hope, you know, it was going to start. And then obviously the new variant or whatever you want to call it came out. Yeah. And you know, tours are starting to get canceled. Shows are starting to get canceled. What is your kind of like outlook on kind of where we're going to be? end of this year going into the next year like your, your own thoughts on it it's so tough to say because like you know i don't and i don't want to get political at all here oh i mean yeah no i just want you know what you think of you know well where reg- you regard- regardless a lot of people don't realize this the music industry is largely unmonitored like here here i'll, I'll hit you with something for example you probably have no clue about this danny <laughs> so technically in california you are supposed to be licensed to be a concert promoter. Really? There are less than 10 people in the state that actually 
go through the government process of getting that license, Danny. Oh, shit. And all of them basically work for like Live Nation or Bill Graham or Golden Voice. And then the other is Nick, the guy that runs the hard times. Um, okay. who I who I is a good friend of mine. We grew up together, we do shows together. Um, I'm actually not officially licensed. So like just keep that in mind, you know, with how the, the government just doesn't watch what we do. Like they mm. don't care. You know, COVID happened. Who did who got the money first? The fucking cruise lines and then the airlines. Okay. Why did the cruise lines need money? Most of those co- those those companies aren't even based in America and they still got a, a bailout. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So so that just proves that that we're we're last on the list. So unfortunately, I think with the COVID and the Delta or whichever the what yeah, I think that's it. The, like the they're already Delta they're already variant. saying there's a, a variant past the Delta. Oh, of course, of, of course. course, and and that's going to happen. But you know, and unfortunately, it's going to come down to a state by state thing. You know, yeah. like you know, we have a we have a show this weekend coming up. I have I have Terror. You know, the legendary hardcore band yeah. playing, and you know they are they've already kind of told me like or they're you know I spoke with their agent yesterday on the phone and he was like, dude, every state is different as to like, are they doing refunds? Are they only allowing vaccinated people? Are they allowing vaccinated people and negative tests? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? You know, like some promoters are even requesting, hey, if your band's coming through, I need to know that your band is vaccinated or not. Hmm. You know, um, it's different everywhere. Uh, The problem is, is that there is no there is no uniform way, because like if you know, for example, we do shows in Fresno and we do shows in Santa Cruz. If you look at the political spectrum, they're the complete opposite. Okay. You know, so I can tell everybody in Santa Cruz to wear a mask and I'll get a little bit of grumbling and that's it. Whereas I can tell everybody in Fresno to do that. And they're like, well, we're only going to do it if the county says we have to do it because because you can't force us. And it's like and at the end of the day, you know, what I've been telling all the bands, what I've been telling people on both sides of the equation of the political spectrum, I should say, not equation, is that. We all need to do whatever it takes to keep doing shows because the government's not going to help us. They don't, they don't give a shit. So if, if their regulations are, you can do shows as long as everyone wears a mask, then I think for the next six to eight months or however long this takes, we should all just shut up and wear our masks and yeah. be, ha- be happy that we're not out of work. Yeah. You know? and I think the least you can do or the least you have to do is wear a mask. Then yeah, shut the fuck up and wear your damn mask and enjoy yeah. the music. And everyone's arguing past that point. You know, like people are, you know, I, you know, I literally like, I don't know if you saw my post too, but like I got called a fascist hmm. for saying that we were going to enforce uh, certain things at certain shows in certain towns. And I was like, you know what? That's what that town and that county is telling me I need to do to have these events. Yeah. So, so am I going to, am I going to listen to, to placate to a few disgruntled people so that the, the many who have also suffered, just like we've all suffered, mm-hmm over the last you know 12 to 16 months have to continue to suffer and not have music no i'm not going to do that and I, you know and i think most people in the industry are taking that same approach luckily you know um you know i think it's going to be really interesting um after october i don't know how privy you are to like the live nation aeg politics um, um no the only thing well not anymore but i remember at the beginning i uh, i bought some live nation stock and stuff but now I, I let go of it, but 
Yeah. That's the only thing so, I really know. But <laughs> so, so, like, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, like I'm pretty in touch with a lot of other promoters all over the, the nation and basically like AEG and Live Nation are the measuring stick. And pretty much in October, at least in California, I don't know if it's going to be nationwide. Like, you know, right now, I'm sure you see all that, all the ads and all the flyers and all the posts like, oh, you can be vaccinated or have a negative test within 48 to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, you know, a lot of people are going to get upset about this, but after October, that's not going to happen. Literally, it's going to be you're vaccinated or you don't get to have a good time. And sure. that's not even a, a government thing. Like, that's what Live Nation and AEG are deciding to do. And like, no one's going to tell them no. And so, you know, that's that's most of the promoters seem to be following suit with what they do. Hmm. You know, that's kind of how we're, we're we're not entirely basing what we do off Live Nation. You know, like I'm in, for example, for like, you know, our South Bay shows, like we're talking with the owner of the X-Bar and the people who run Cornerstone and the people in Berkeley and the people who run Catalyst in Santa Cruz and the Civic Auditorium in Santa Cruz and the Vets Hall and the city of, you know, this, the county of Monterey and the county of Santa Cruz. Like we're all, I'm trying to talk to everybody so that we're all on the same page so that it's not like, you know, I don't want one venue getting chewed out and suffering all their, a loss of business because the other venues are more or more lax because then that venue that's more lax might end up doing being a super spreader event, which I think, I think that is still the term. Something Um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then that could, that could positively or negatively affect their business, you know? So, so I think, you know, in 2022, like I would love to see us turn a corner quick. Um, I, I unfortunately don't think it's going to happen um, because so many music relies on the youth heavily and is seeing like we can't even have our education system have a unanimous decision across wearing a mask or not at, at the college or high school level, you know, mm-hmm. like it's different every state. Like it's it's this is all just going to I hate to sound negative, but I do think it's going to get a little bit more worse before it starts to get better again. Um, I, I mean, I, I can agree with that. I, I don't know if you know, or anyone listening know. I mean, I've said it on my podcast a few times, but I'm, I moved from California to Idaho as of recently. And mm-hmm. I'm, let's see, I'm in post falls and I'm like 30 minutes from the Spokane airport. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at the very top oh, okay. two hours from the Canadian border. But so here, so I'm, oh geez, it's been, I've been here for well over a few months. I think I started my job. I've been at my new job for a little over three months. So maybe like closer to five to six months I've been here, I think. Yeah. Um, I've only had to wear a mask twice since I've been here. And that was within like the first couple of weeks. And that was at a Walgreens and Target. And since then, I mean, I've been to Target, no mask. I mean, nowhere here you need to wear a mask. There's some people that do it, but that's just because they want to do it. But I think it was early last week I heard on the radio that they're, uh, I guess the radio station I listened to is based out of Spokane and, mm-hmm. or somewhere in Washington. But basically they're saying that they're masking up again, Seattle or Washington in general. So yeah, they're saying that like Idaho is going to be like, no, no way. Like that we're not doing that, but I guess Seattle is. So it's crazy to see like the difference. I mean, I've been in California, Northern California for basically 29 years of my life. And then kind of going through the very beginning and worst parts of COVID in California and seeing how it was handled there and 
masks and everything. And then I come here, it's a totally different ball game. So like kind of going into you with, you know, dealing with all these different venues, trying to make sure every venue is doing, you know, kind of the same thing in a way and trying to figuring it out collectively. It's, I don't know. It's just very interesting. I, I kind of know where I want to go with what I'm saying, but I don't know how to say it. All yeah, I know well, is that it's just, it's weird and it's sticky and. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, even in here in the Bay, it's weird. So like, you know, I think I told you I live in Monterey now, okay. uh, you know, Mon- well, technically I live in Pacific Grove. It's right in between. It's wedged right in the middle of Monterey and Pebble Beach and Carmel. Basically. Very nice. Okay. You know, and we have, I think we're at like a 70, we're above the 70% vaccination rate. Okay. Which is not the best in California, but we're, we're in the upper counties doing the best. Okay. We are the only County that doesn't require a mask mandate hmm. everywhere between Petaluma and Santa Cruz. You have to wear your mask again, you know? And that's, that's a bummer that we got back to that point, but it, it is it's where we are. But it's so interesting to me that a place here in Monterey, not only did, did we, and keep in mind, Monterey County contains, um, you know, Salinas and the Salinas Valley. There's a lot of um, undocumented people that do a lot of the work there. Um, and that most of them have been vaccinated too. So we, we, we actually don't have proper numbers showing how many people are vaccinated here. So it's probably higher than what I said. And they're finally voting this week on it, I believe, if we're going to go back to being vaccinated. But, you know, we grow, I think we grow 60% of the nation's food in the Salinas Valley. It's like some ludicrous number. Like yeah, that. I've, I've heard it before. It's pretty wild. <laughs> and there's no mask mandate here. Like that blows my freaking mind, you know, like, because to me, as I kind of alluded to earlier, it's a health issue. It's not a political issue period. You yeah. Know? But the way, yeah, like, the way they're handling it, it's very political and like they want the optics to be. Well, and especially now um, I'm sure you, you know, you probably in touch enough California to know that like they're, they're trying to recall our governor. Oh, you know what I yeah. mean? So right now that's like one of the driving forces behind that too. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's so the, and then that's the other problem is now the venue is getting dragged into this. Like, Oh, well, you know, if you support, if you voted for this person, you shouldn't go to this venue because this is how they're treating their bands. And it's like, that's not what it should be about. It's like, do you want live music? Yes or no. Okay, cool. (laughs) Like, like I understand the argument of your freedoms and I respect it. I also understand the argument of, health for the health for the people around you. And I respect that argument too. I respect them both. Yeah. I respect both sides of the coin, but at the end of the day, you know, people need to back away from that, from those arguments. And it's like, you know, we can't just be, you know, there's been a few, I'm sure you've seen the photos. There's been a few hardcore shows that have just been like pop there. I call them pop-up shows. They call them like generator shows, Mm. you know, where they just run a U-Haul, put a PA in the back of it and the bands (laughs) just go crazy. You know what I mean? And it's cool, but it's like unregulated. Like they can be super spreader events. Mm-hmm. They can be dangerous and violent. Like and it can and stuff like that is the result of of people being cooped up too long and wanting to do the stuff. And I have no problem with those types of shows going on, you know. But at the same time, the government can see things like that, and then they're going to want to put more restrictions on the shows that do happen the mm-hmm. right way mm-hmm. because of stuff like that. And and that's my concern, and that's what I hope anybody that listens to this that gives a shit realizes that that it's like it doesn't matter where you stand like if we don't if we're not all smart if we're not all working towards the same goal of like 
especially people from music and that's live music still being able to be performed and seen, you know, then, then it's going to be a really shitty next year. Yeah. Uh, well, let's hope, uh, let's hope it just, well, you mentioned, you know, probably going to get worse before it gets better. Hopefully not too worse, but I mean, time will tell, hopefully, you know, things will be good. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, I will say, I don't, I don't claim to know anything about anything. I don't know shit. You know, it's just fun. You know, we just ended up, this is where we ended up in the conversation. That's, that's what these are all about. But considering that that's how these happen, I'm just going to change the subject completely because I feel like if we keep talking about this, a one, I don't know enough to keep talking about it. Yeah, fair, fair. (laughs) And I'm, I'm sure people are fucking tired of this shit, but you well, bring- and you know what? You know what? Let, let me say real quick. Yeah, yeah, no, no, please, off, please. I'm sorry. I do want to say a positive note. Yeah. Um, something that, that I've actually wanted to share with you. An interesting statistic from the last couple of shows, because there's been a lot of like bigger shows the last couple of weeks in California, is there's an interesting metric of people not showing up to the show, but not asking for refunds, because there are still people that want to support live music and the bands that much. Hmm. You know, like I had Turnstile last week. We had like 70 tickets just straight up, not show up. Like, but nobody called or emailed or requested a refund. You know, I don't know what their reasoning for not coming was. I don't want to sit here and a, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. Like you said, (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to guess, but we had, you know, 70 tickets at a sold out show, not showing up. That's, that's crazy. That is like, that's, that's like you've toured enough to know that that's a wild thing to to think about, you know? Like that's like 20% of the people not showing up and not asking for a refund never happened. I'm going off of the thought, the facet that these people still want to support. And yeah, no, that's really cool. That's what we need more of right now. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I definitely valued the things you were saying. That's very good points and stuff. I just definitely think time to, you know, mosey on to something else. And I have something great that I don't know if you saw it on my, I think I did Instagram and Twitter. I forget, but basically there was this video I saw and I love it every time I see it. Honestly, it was probably on my favorite app, TikTok. It's great. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> there's like a video. Someone rigged up their house, their house lights. Um, you know, like you can have like the LED lights underneath your cabinets or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So they have it rigged up to their alarm system. And basically when it gets triggered, the lights turn red. And I believe they have a song that's like, um, what is it? Let the body sit the floor. <laughs> so yes. I did a, a poll and I just took a few because there was, you know, a good amount. I only took a few, but I want to ask you the question. So what do you think would, and you can give me a couple or just one, what would you think the best song would be for an alarm system to play when there's an intruder in your house? Um. Oh man, I'm going to go with fucking rest in power to the homeboy fucking dmx dude oh just dude imagine you break into someone's house and all these bright lights turn on and the first thing you hear is dmx on you stop drop Dang. just imagine that you know what i mean <laughs> like dude that'd be sick like and you're like okay cool maybe you end up vibing with it that's what i would fucking do because i i'd be like oh, don't know this yeah. but i'm like a i'm like yeah. a big dmx mark like i love that guy oh yeah you know what i mean so like um which i don't ever really talk about that but i am i am so um, uh, that, that's probably what I would do. I would do something like that <laughs> or, um, like, uh, maybe dude, maybe like you won't. Did you hear that? Oh yeah. Is that my fault? Sorry. No, it was, uh, 
I was trying to cue it up because someone said the alarm from Kill Bill. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I don't think that's it. But. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. That's like anytime Uma Thurma like squints and is about to kill somebody. Well, that's damn, the noise I hope I woke off. some people up because I did not mean for that to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that would be creepy. Or but DMX, you dude. To, Dude, the other thing you could go, bro, is you want to creep the people out. Ooh. You you do you do like weird earthy color, like like low color lights, and then just imagine you start with voodoo by Godsmack, bro, with like the humming and the tribal drums, dude. That freaked me the dude. fuck out, dude. I think I hold on. I'm trying to find it here. This is well here. While I find it, I have okay. So the one I just played. So he they person just said a lot the alarm from Kill Bill. Um. Well, let the bodies hit the floor. Someone said murder train. Uh, heads will roll. One that's fun. Cops theme song. Oh. <laughs> but hey, yeah. just because I was remembering something. Originally, when I heard the, or when I just played the Kill Bill thing, I was thinking about the whistle. Um, shoot, how'd it go? I can't really whistle that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From but, uh, the bit. That Bill does, or no, not Bill. Um, she's walking down the hall. The uh, the evil yeah. bitch. I forget. Eye patch yes, lady. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Why can't I remember? I need to rewatch these again. It's been too long. But yes. Anyways, yes. I was thinking about that, and then something better came out, came out in my mind. There's two different ways you could probably go, or a few. You can go with like the DMX, or like let the body sit the floor, or something like very intimidating, mm-hmm. or you can go shock factor of like sirens and you know, horns and whatnot, or I feel like can go super creepy. So this, what about, hopefully it plays correctly. Oh, that's a commercial, sick. Damn, dude, commercials, YouTube. Uh, I mean, I love YouTube, but also. I know, right? Kill me. Here we go. If you, if, oh, uh, yeah, so say, if you said creepy, I got one thing that comes wrong. to mind right away. Here we go. <laughs> what if this broke in someone's house and this yeah that's that's like some fallout shit some in, yeah oh, oh. you know the other thing i was thinking that would be freaky as shit did you ever see that movie um the fourth kind oh i think where I people did. Where, where people wake up and see owls at 3 33 a.m yeah, every day yeah, 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 yeah. okay so remember at the very end of that movie there's like footage of the lady being possessed and floating in the air and she's screaming ancient Sumerian at them. Jesus. That would be, imagine you break into a house and that's all you hear. There's oh, someone fuck. like basically like chanting at you and screaming at you in like some ancient language you don't understand. I'm going to shit my pants. Yeah, like a jump, almost like a jump scare. <laughs> Man, I didn't even sleep good last night. I'm gonna. I'm um, sorry. No, sorry. you're. <laughs> I started. Yeah, ha- have a cocktail or two before you go to bed. You'll be. Fine. Oh, dude, no, I actually feel like absolute dog shit today. So hopefully it's not COVID. That'd be fun. I got vaccinated, but you know what? People are getting it. You know what? I'll just hit up Joe Rogan and get that ivermectin or whatever it's called. Oh my god, let's not even get me started. Turn with that into guy. a fucking horse. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, oh, I don't know. That'd be fun. I got. I do have LED like under cabinet lighting. Maybe I'll try and rig it up. That'd be f- hilarious. That would be hilarious. Ooh. 
did you did you know speaking of led under cabinet lighting did you uh, man it was a couple years ago i wish i wish i had a linkage to it to show you um there was this this some of the best marketing i've ever seen for those led products do you remember a couple years ago when they first broke out like all the color changing shit and you could sync it up oh yeah Somebody was selling a, it was a ball. It was like an orb that you would keep like, uh, I'm going to age myself here and say on your mantle. Uh, for you young kids that don't know what that is, it's like the top of your fireplace that underneath your TV, like the ledge right there. Mm-hmm. And it was marketed as um, a notification ball. But oh, it was wow. funny because the example, like the ad I saw that always stuck out in my head is like, you have, hey, okay. So say your your food is being delivered you have it blink this color. You have, you know, someone's calling you. It pulses blue. The girlfriend texts you. It flashes bright red because you're in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something like that. Yeah. I was like, I was like that. Ah, man, I wish I remember what it was called, but it was like specifically marketed as like a notification LED thing. And I was like, I always just thought that it was hilarious. And now that that I remember people thinking that technology was silly. And now, especially with like streaming and everything like that technology is people love it dude i mean i love it i have i have christmas lights here around my desk and then we have leds all around the tv and stuff but like when we want to watch a movie and we want light on but we don't want some blaring white light you know oh for sure oh yeah i mean that's on my list i mean i'm still in the you know middle of kind of pimping out my office slash studio space because i mean i have to have it workable for just work but i also need to make it well for my podcast i need soundproofing and everything but i you know I want to get some LED lights and just a bunch of cool shit. I don't know. Yeah. There's so much that I want to get. It's ridiculous. It's going to be so much money, but piece by piece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you could get that, get a good setup and you could start doing, putting the episodes on, on YouTube as well, or even like that's the plan Twitch streaming the episodes, you know, that's or, or, or YouTube, you know, you don't have to, which is not the only streaming option these days, but yes, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, that's why I started doing these video clips here and there. Um, I got to just figure it out with like the the long form because my cameras, well, they don't shoot longer than 30, 30 minutes. So I think I have to like one, eventually I have to probably get a bigger computer. That's definitely on the list. But, you know, then I got to go run HDMI from my camera to my computer so I can, you know, hook it up to, you know, a stream thing where I can record longer just so I can record. And then, you know, I'll put it on YouTube and and whatnot. And then I have another idea I did mention on one of my podcasts a few times, a few times actually is I, I want to do, well, I have to wait for my kitchen to be done. We're waiting on like the backsplash, but um, film like a fun, like cooking show where I just like crack, crack beers and just talk stupid shit and cook. Like, Dude. I mean, random, like elevated ramen is the thing I usually just say for fun. Like you are speaking my language. I love watching stuff like that. Cause it's like, funny kind of laid back it's authentic but yeah. then, like you get you get the most unique ideas from people who aren't even like famous chefs you know what i mean like i love watching cooking streams on twitch and youtube oh yeah uh, I, think, one, I think it's hilarious yeah one that i mean i'm gonna be my own self of course you know i'm not trying to bite anyone or do anything like crazy mm-hmm. i mean i'll do what i can who knows i'll try it one and if it doesn't work doesn't work i'll try something else but um i kind of have the idea of something you know who maddie matheson is oh dude so big fan. yeah just a dash yeah. So kind of like that kind of vibe, but I mean, I'm not an actual chef and I mean, I love to cook. So like maybe if I feel like things are going good with the video, then maybe I'll try and do some more things, but you know what? That's going to mean I need, you know, a couple cameras. I have lighting, but I mean, I need more. It's going to be like a production. So like 
it's it's on my list, but you know what? I mean, I'm starting small with the clips that I do. So yeah, I feel that. It's all fun. How did you get into the the whole realm of I mean, you have your show, you have a podcast as well. I mean Yeah. So I have I have a YouTube channel, uh, which is just Joel Cupcake Live. Um, I haven't done too much lately because uh, just straight up the music business is back. So I've been focusing on getting my life back together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, well, when COVID happened, it was just kind of like I needed I needed an outlet. You know, um, I've always been a YouTube person. I've always enjoyed the medium or the outlet or whatever the hell you want to call mm-hmm. it, like the, the, the platform, I guess. You know, um, I got into that. I did some stuff that it was like just some like little 15 minute videos of just like self-teaching or stories from the music industry, stuff like that. Then I had a couple friends hit me up. That was like, yo, bring me on your show, interview me. So I kind of switched to that format just cause I had fun. Like yeah. I, uh, I think my biggest thing I hate is like, you know, you go Google, for example, bring me the horizon, you know, bring me the horizon interview. It's all the same, the same bullshit. Yeah. Like I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't enjoy that. So like, you know, the format I've always used is I have these people on my show, you know, um, I've had, I, I've had guys from after the burial, uh, you know, spite, um, lots of the upcoming like metal bands, um, and already established metal bands and, you know, Kaylee from rivals. And then I've had a few like artist managers. I've had a, uh, a wrestling promoter. Like I asked these people, like, how did you get started? Like mm-hmm. what, what's like, I don't want to know, about the next record your band's putting out. I want to know 15 year old you, like what, what song did you hear that made you want to play music for the rest of your life? You know, like I, I literally make people walk me through their like history cool. in, in, in music, like, because you know, that's to me, that's always been my connection with a band or, or, you know, a wrestler. Cause I'm a big wrestling nerd, you know, like I love the character, not just the music. You know, like if I, like if I listen to a band and then I meet them and they're, they're assholes, I will not listen to the band again, hmm. just sh- straight up like that. But that's just a personal yeah. thing for me, no, I mean, you know, I can say the same for a few things. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. So, so I started doing that. Um, I have a, a few things I'm going to start doing some more like solo episodes. I have some fresh content I want to do. Um, I got a little burnt out cause I was doing like two episodes a week for a minute. You know what I mean? But mm. I was having fun. Uh, so that's kind of taken a, a slower burn seat. And then I have another podcast I do called Pex Pals, which is uh, about the video game Apex Legends. Um, I've been a gamer since I was since I was a baby. You know <laughs> what I mean? And uh, I have a buddy and we play that game a lot. And we have a lot of friends who play that game. And he just kind of hit me up for fun. He was like, yo, I love your show. Like, shoot, let's just do a show about video games. And then I was like, he was like, you know what? You and I both play this game almost every day. Like, let's, why don't we just do one for fun? Yeah. So I started that um we've like we only have 23 episodes out we've already cleared like 3500 plays we've right on dude we've already charted in a couple countries it's like mind-blowing man that's cool like, congrats just just thank you thank you it's just i'm just doing more stuff that i love dude and other people seem to be digging it so i've been doing that and then uh i'm also an ordained minister oh, shit. um so it's also kind of a like hey here's my here's me putting myself out there on the internet um the other thing that, you know, I think you, you, you can understand this subject better than most because of your involvement in the business. Um, you know, 
a couple of years ago, I had somebody tell me like we were, we were hanging out somewhere and I made a joke with them and then we were going back and forth. And uh, basically he told me, he's like, yo, like, you know, I used to not be able to tell if you were being pinup up Joel or not. And he's like, you're a really fun, like unique person. Like, I'm glad we've gotten to know each other. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Cause to me, I'm always just me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess it's very easy for, you know, I know there's been some people in the past and still currently that like look up to me and what I do for, for the scene and shows and stuff like that. And then there's also like some people at the, sometimes with the show, like I'm the one putting on the show, which means I'm the authority figure, you know? So I didn't realize that so many people see me, they see Joel from pinup and then they see Joel Cupcake and they, they don't associate the two with each other. Okay. And like that bummed me out straight up. If I'm being real with you, yeah. you know, like that bummed me out. Like, because you're Danny Todd, but like, I know more about you as a person because of our interconnecting friends than I do as Danny Cod. Dan, sorry, Danny Todd, <laughs> no, not Cod. <laughs> not now. I'm just picturing you as a little fish. Oh, um, shit. No, you know, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, you're good. You know, uh, but you know, I don't. I know you more as that person than Danny Todd, the photographer. Even though I'm fully aware of your work and I love it, you. you know. So it's like that was kind of the other reason I started to do a show, and you know. Also, like I told you, I'm an ordained minister, you know, halfway through COVID, I got Bell's palsy, you know, I've almost died twice, uh, once on tour, once from real life, some real scary shit. You know, I have a lot of stories to tell, like, you know, one of the reasons I was excited about being on your show is like you and I are like self-made people in the music industry. And that doesn't happen a lot. Like, you know, you go to these music conferences and they're like, move to LA and get a degree Mm. in music business and then just keep applying for internships until you get one, do the intern, the unpaid internship for a year or two, and then apply to, you know, ABC records, like go somewhere huge. It's like, it's like, do you know how many people get their start in the music industry? Not that way. And there's no light. There's no love for those people. Oh yeah. You know, like I I have to like beg, I have to like beg to be included at conferences. Danny, and I don't know if you know this, I am the second oldest independent promoter still left in California. Oh, shit. Like, I've been doing it 16 years now. Uh, Eddie Numskull is the only person been doing it longer than me at this point in time um, on a regular basis. Like, a lot, there's there's a few other people, like Church of the Eighth Day, which they only do, like, black and death metal in L.A. Um, That's Daniel. He's been around, I think, the same amount of time as me. But like, you know, I, you know, Eddie and I do shows all over the entire state of, of multiple different genres. We don't just stick to one genre type, you know, and it's like, I have to tell people that and they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, we'll see if we have room for you on like a panel. And I'm like, and then I go to said conference and some of the people I have on these panels, I'm like, this doesn't apply to anybody that wants to learn mm-hmm. how to be a promoter or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, so that's kind of why I got started just doing my own show. Cause I feel like I have a lot to say and. I love the sound of my own voice. Unfortunately, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it it is kind of weird, right? I mean, I'm still getting used to the whole podcast thing, and I'm, you know, this is episode 132, I think. So it's yeah. you know, I, it's all a learning progress. I'll never be done learning about it and getting better. And I mean, I I know nothing about nothing about audio, you know, technical stuff, but I'm learning. There's a lot of yeah, stuff same. I know now that I had no idea. I mean, I started with. This actually, I, yeah, I, I bought that. I think you're using that now, so you're you're due for an upgrade on mics, my friend. Um, oh, the yeah, the yeah, like, which is a great mic. I'm not knocking it. I, Robbie oh, has no. it as well. 
Um, I need I need a better one for sure. And yeah. like my my inputs are going out, and it's like the one where it's like the plug and play. Like there's not even firmware to make it mm-hmm. work more efficiently after two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Well, yeah, and, uh, it's it's a cool progress. I mean, not only do you get to watch your content grow and you your your listeners and you know obviously like anything there's you know there's dips you know there's the highs and the lows and it's all about you know trying to get past those while still trying to maintain excited about the next episode or learning new things to make it better you know instead of quitting so it's it's all fun and it's cool to talk to another person like yourself that does that as well so Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, dude, it's, 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 I love it. And the funny part is I was, I was going to say what you were just everything you just listed, listed off, you know, I actually don't edit my shows because a, I don't have the technology, but B I like, I love talking and telling my stories. Mm -hmm. And I I know I just made the joke that I love the sound of my own voice. I hate the way I sound on recording. Mm -hmm. So I don't edit anything. I literally just record everything and post it. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, I, unless I, hit the mic really loud or something like that. And I write down where it is. Maybe I'll do that. Or if I say something, which I actually, I don't think I've ever done and no one's ever asked me to cut something out, but yeah, all I really do is I, or like if I throw like a mid roll ad or something like that, I'll have to throw those in. But the only thing I do is, you know, edit a little bit as far as like denoise, you know, stuff like that, especially with the new office, it's a little reverby, you know, a little, it bounces off a little bit, but, That'll change once I get more things in here and whatnot. But I mean, I barely touched the thing. Just a few plugins that are all basic. Intro, outro, export, throw it up. Let's go. There you go. That's what I love. Right to the chase. Um, I think to uh, close this out, kind of like a, by the way, I think we should do another one because, you know, you were saying you had a bunch of stories and I'm sure, I mean, not only do I want to listen to what those are, but I'm sure people listening would be thrilled to listen how you almost died twice and, and all that fun oh, shit um, yeah that's uh that's uh yeah yes one was a van flip and one was uh uh somebody broke somebody broke broke and entered into the wrong home Ooh. and i was the innocent victim of that that is a whirlwind of a story my friend so yeah that's i would a, love to be back anytime yeah round two. maybe we can do that with uh, how we were originally planning to do the pod with robbie maybe we can do another one and it's like a crazy stories. Yeah, I would love that, man. Shit. Robbie and I go very far back, you know. Right on. So, so um, just to tell people where, I mean, I'll put links and whatnot to maybe your link tree. I'll put that in the show notes. But um, if you want to just plug like some of the top main ones that you want people to go check you out on. Uh, so anybody that is already aware of any of my shows, I, we have a running joke uh, that Pitbull stole his name from me. So you can literally just look up Joel Cupcake. You can literally Google me and I'm like the first eight things to pop up. I and uh, I did do that. It, it, it is. I think your Twitter shows up first, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm literally just at Joel Cupcake everywhere. On Facebook, I'm Joel Haston. Um, if you are interested in my video game podcast, it's just at Pex Pals Podcast is the, the handle everywhere our website is just www.pexpals.com and the Joel cupcake live. Uh, that's my YouTube channel. That's the, that's the URL just youtube.com slash Joel cupcake live. That, that's really it. Um, I work, you know, the company I run pinup productions, you can just search that on Facebook anywhere or it's www.pinupresents.net and you know, yeah. for the show stuff. And we also have an artist management division and all that as well. 
you can just Google it. It's it's pin up artist management. You know, we, we do a little bit of everything. So right on dude. Well, Joel, thank you again for, for hopping on the pod and, um, we'll get scheduling on that next one. Cause that'll be fun. Let's yeah. Anytime soon. you want to have me back and I, I would love to have you, I'm going to kick my, my show back up into gear actually probably like next week or the following cool. week. So I would love to have you on my show. Yeah, soon, dude, sorry. honestly, I mean, you got my number call or text. Well, eh, don't call me, text me. <laughs> I'm bad at, <laughs> I don't like talking on the phone, which is weird. Hey, talking on the phone, but I have a podcast. It makes no sense. But you have my number. I mean, okay. I'd be more than happy to jump on your podcast. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Of course. Everybody that listened, thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't already uh, you know, liked or subscribed or downloaded Danny's episodes, yeah. you should do it right now. Woo. Thank you for that. All right, buddy. Take care. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.